everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, you're doing something positive and fun for yourself. So I have an amazing guest today that we're going to hopefully have a, a pretty enlightening conversation um, on some different aspects of mindset and self-care. But what we're going to try to do is relate that back to some of the experiences that we have um, in our younger years. And I bring this up right now just because if you've been following my show for the last, at least the last few weeks, you know that, you know, I've my, a lot of the topics that I've been referencing are in, a, in preference to what I like to talk about is the pink elephant in the room, which is the coronavirus pandemic. It's sort of like the, um, the uninvited guest that just doesn't want to leave, as I call it. And it's requiring us to really examine not just how we do our lives, but how we do really anything that's good in terms of serving ourselves. It's sort of like the new normal, something that we just, we have to learn to live with. And so my guest today is Rihanna Milne. She is a certified trauma and addiction specialist. She also has advanced training in mindfulness and also has her own podcast. And we were able to connect online and I am just privileged that she was able to work me into her busy schedule. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. So why don't we talk a little bit about your area of expertise and how this relates to self-care? Sure. Um, Well, I did the traditional route as a psychotherapist in year 2000 and had my own private practice. But through the years, since it's been over 20 years now, I was always seeming to work with people of trauma. So I was in the schools working with grades, kindergarten, all their way through college with people that were emotionally upset, the bullies or the bullied, uh, kids identified as ADHD, kids that felt different coming out as LGBTQ, um, just the kids that were emotionally upset. And then working in the hospital settings and working in drug and alcohol facilities with teens, working with women from the prison system and so on. But it wasn't until that I personally encountered Um, a love trauma, which is very similar. It is a form of PTSD, even though it's not in the diagnostic model for psychotherapists. Uh But if you've ever been at the wrath of the hand of a sociopathic narcissist, um, people do go through definitely PTSD. And nobody was talking about it. It was kind of like always hidden. Um, And I ended up marrying someone who was a Jekyll and Hyde. To the community, he was fabulous. Everyone loved him. He was a principal at a school, great position. And then a whole secret life erupted. He got fired from the school. It was a big community scandal. So not only did he ruin his life, but because I was married to him, he ruined mine. It really hurt my practice for a while. And the last thing he said to me is, I don't know why I sabotage everything I love. And I said, I don't know either, but I'm going to figure it out. Because this was nothing I learned in my trip triple masters of psychology. Wow. So I started to do the deep research. And the truth is that 90% or nine out of 10 of us still struggle from unhealed, unconscious childhood trauma dynamics. Some people call them adverse childhood events. You might've heard of the ACE study, but I call them traumas because when I did the work and compared what, how he grew up in life and then all the people that I worked with over the years, things started to fall in line. So I developed the childhood trauma checklist, which identifies the top 10. Most people would say, I didn't have traumas. My childhood was pretty normal until you hear the list. 
And then yeah. you then you see here about the repercussions, how it comes out later in your adult life. You're like, oh my God, that's why I'm struggling with this. And wow. in the COVID situation, like we were discussing, Allison, before, you know, people can go either one of two ways when something drastic like this happens, which is actually trauma number nine, which is community trauma. Uh-huh. You can either say, react with high anxiety, bouts of depression, feeling like you're controlled, moodiness, can't sleep, overeat, overindulge in alcohol or other substances. That's one way. But the people who have the mindset for success, which is what I coach, we say, oh, wow, okay, I've got more time. I can attack my to-do list. Uh I can finally create that course that's been on the back burner. I have more time. And that's, you know, how I've got an incredible amount of work done this spring. Um, So we look at things totally different with the attitude of what can I do, not what can't I do. Like yes. going to the gym. Well, I can't go to the gym. So, geez, I'm going to get fat. Well, no, you can do things. Let's talk about what you can do. Uh-huh. But that comes down to how you handle things emotionally. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Which is the mindset. Um, so that's how I got into the work. <laughs> Long Wonderful. story short. Wow. That's just, I, I, I love hearing about people's journeys and what, how people get to where they are. And I, because there's always a story behind it. Right. And for sure. Instead of, instead of telling, and so many people just want to talk about what they do, but I'm really more interested in what got them there. Because to me, that that is a lot of what your why is, is what it sounds like to me. Well, yeah, I turned my pain and made it into my purpose and my passion. But there's nothing worse than feeling, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why he's acting like this. I don't know why he would sabotage this amazing relationship that we had. And we had a ton of fun. Like yeah. Everyone admired our relationship. And it's like, why would you do that? You know? yeah. And it made no sense. And the research was so phenomenal. I started putting it into my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. I got up to 400 pages. I'm like, but there's more. Yeah. So, <laughs> you felt like you and were then just that's getting when started. I, Yeah, that's when I started developing my courses and I have a 150 page workbook for singles and for couples um, that actually are the exercises to help break these unconscious patterns that are so ingrained because you've been doing them since childhood. Yeah, well, it's so funny that you say that because part of my messaging and what I like to tell what I what I talk about is we get so good at what we do often. Mm -hmm. We're creatures of habit and and we want, we do what just comes easy for us. Well, it's so normalized that right. you don't really see it. And yes. I had mentioned to you before a top politician in our country, I won't say the name, but you know, when he's challenged, he starts blaming, he starts mm-hmm. blurting out, blurting out is saying things that make people wonder like, oh my God, why would he just say that? Mm-hmm. You know, shocking yeah. statements. Um, you know, looking for attention, looking, people pleasing, looking for people to please him, you know, this whole narcissism, um, explosion are people with unhealed childhood trauma. So the average person who has not heard about this yet has no idea what type of personality issue they have. Like I heard them saying on the news, geez, do you think he has a mental health issue? And I screamed at my TV. No, he's got unhealed childhood trauma. It's a black and white case for me. It's so yeah. obvious, you know? Yeah. It just kind of stands out to you like a sort really stands out. Yeah. yeah. So what, um, so in, in your, and since you teach on the 10 childhood traumas, what, what do you think are the most predominant ones? 
Well, they're all very important. And what happens is I look at what 10 people present to me and then the severity level of one to 10. Uh-huh. So for example, and again, when I, when I tell these to you, we're not looking to blame or shame mom or dad because the research no, shows this goes through at least three generations. And uh, you were just a little person when these things happened around you or to you. Uh, two of the most, um, well, th- three, I, I, I can't say none of them are important because we just talked about trauma number nine, community trauma, which right. really didn't exist like 30 years ago. Right. Community traumas also are events like hurricanes, floods, fires, mudslides, our school shootings, our mass shootings. So, and here, you know, coronavirus is attacking our communities around the globe. So when people say, well, I didn't have traumas, guess what? Everybody has traumas <laughs> now. Yeah. Okay. So they don't realize they have it. Uh, two of the other most common is um, number seven is personal trauma. And this would be if you ever felt different when you were young or not good enough. You might have been an overweight child or a skinny and gawky child, maybe diagnosed with ADHD. And I worked with those kids in the schools, and they hated being pulled out for their special classes. you yeah. know. Or you were born with asthma, so you can be on the sports team. You're one part of the popular kids. The kids I helped coming out, you know, with their schoolmates not accepting them or the school kids were cool, but their parents wouldn't. Um, Racial situations, you know, the minorities of the school felt different. So there's so many ways trauma number seven takes a hold of people. So that's that one. Trauma number two is also really a huge influence, and that is verbal trauma of any type. So let me describe some of those. That would be witnessing mom or dad yelling and screaming each other, or they yelled at you. Or they gave you verbal slurs like, why don't you change your outfit? You kind of look fat in that, Uh you know, that kind of comment. Or, no, I'm not sending you to college. I don't want to waste my money. You know, just telling people they're not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough. The messages from advertising, all these verbal messages coming to make us feel like we have to be perfect. We have to be beautiful. We, you know, so verbal is huge. Also, not hearing the words, I love you. Mm-hmm. That's big or not getting compliments. Yeah. So these, you know, and in combination two and seven, you'll see that play out a lot. Another really important one is abandonment, trauma number five. Oh, and there's yeah. two types. There's fault and no fault abandonment. So a no fault abandonment it would be like if a parent happened to die early or your parent has to go off to fight war. Or like in my situation, we didn't know where my dad was because he was CIA, FBI. So he worked away from home, but that's how he supported the family. But he couldn't tell the family that. Uh And we didn't know it. So a father that, you know, or a parent that works by traveling a lot, it's not their fault. That's how they support the family. But a fault abandonment is quite common. And this could be um, you were involved, never involved with the child's life is number one. Or you were involved for a little bit, the couple broke up, and then the parent barely sees the child. Mm-hmm. Or even they could be in the same home, but they barely interact with the child. They barely talk to them. You know, they're too preoccupied with football or something else that's more important than interacting with their children or going to their children's events. So that's an emotional type of abandonment. And when there's abandonment issues, this leads to codependency, um, love addiction, toxic partners that consciously you say, oh my God, he's so bad for me, but then you keep going back. Right. 
Right. Right. That's the addiction right. part. That's yeah. the love addiction. And that's from that abandonment and craving any kind of love. Yeah. And it, it, you keep saying, well, the beginning was good, or he's got some good things, but 75% of the relationship is very toxic. Yeah. Or what I, what I hear sometimes from some of my clients is, well, I just, I, I, I know that it's in there. You know, I, I know, I know that I knew him. It's not, this is not how he's always been. You know, you can, you can hear the justification. Yeah. You can almost predict it before it even comes out. Right. And then what happens is uh, relationship repetitive syndrome, I call it. Same person, different face. So after one toxic relationship, you finally break free from it. You get your life back and then boom, you attract another one. And then another one. I usually see people after a bad marriage and the first toxic partner or after the third one. And they're like, why does this keep happening to me? And it tends to be, I primarily have a lot of women successful in business, but struggle in love. Uh But, you know, like I said, I I just had a gay male that married. He's doing very well. One of my lesbian clients just married. She's doing amazing. Uh, One of my uh, foreign girls from Russia, she's married. So, you know, they're breaking free usually when they come in to see me. They're in the midst of this toxic situation and they're back and they're forth a little bit and they're like, I can't stand it anymore. And that's when they reach out to me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, interesting. Well, so I know you also, since because of your advanced training in mindfulness, why don't we talk a little bit about um, kind of your perspective on the mindset after, you know, you're able to help people heal these deeper wounds, you know, where you go from there? Yeah. Well, I, to break it down, I do 50% life coaching and 50% love coaching. So if it's a single looking to get back out there and date, they really need to know the dating skills to make them feel confident and who look to to look for and who to see the bad signs and to stay away from, right? So there's a lot of dating education. For my couples, I have to do the childhood trauma work in each of them and then teach them a whole new way to communicate. So instead Mm -hmm. of blaming, um, they take responsibility like, oh, wow, I just said that and that sounded mean. I'm sorry that came from. So they're learning to identify where it comes from. So knowledge is power and it takes a while. I describe it like a rainbow. They do better, then they'll slip and they'll do better, then they'll slip. And the slippage is from the unconscious being so strong. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, in the beginning, we start immediately with a mindset for success as we are healing the trauma piece. For example, I teach a story around yin-yang, the symbol from Buddhism. You know, on the left is a dark paisley with a white dot. On the right is the white paisley. So most people, 8 out of 10 research shows, live in the dark side. This is where anger, anxiety, depression, addiction, anger, fear, negative thoughts, all are on that side. Everything that's dark makes you feel bad is on the, that side. And the little white dot there reminds you that there's light in every dark, um, nasty person. <laughs> and there's light that if you start living towards the light, you get out of the dark side. Okay. Right. When you're living in the light, and this is a spiritual lesson too, there's a lot of spiritual connotations in my teachings, but when you're living in the light, this is peace, joy, calm, bliss, friendship, love, passion, happiness, just living in the zone, feeling good, 
looking good, you know, just feeling amazing about yourself. Yeah, a high energy vibration, it sounds That's like. right. That's right. You've got great aura, great energy. So the little black dot reminds us that in the earth school, we are supposed to be challenged. That's why we're here, to learn right. the lessons from our challenges. Right. So like coronavirus, wow, okay, so here's this challenge. Now what am I supposed to do with that? So we do outside of the, the box thinking, well, I could do this and I can do that and I can do that. Great. You know, so we're always thinking, what can we do? Like I said earlier. Um, mm. So we don't play the victim. We're not in the poor pity me dark side. We are still living in the light. You know, we can't control different situations, but what can I control? I can control staying home during this dangerous time. I can control when I have to go out to wear a mask. And where get my hand sanitizer, I can control those things, you know, and you feel good about that part of it. And then you just keep moving yourself forward. So, you know, it's it's a way of looking at life and we're always striving to live in the, the light. When the most important thing, I talk about the seven D's for success. And the first one is to decide, decide what you want in life. It's really important to make that firm decision. And from there, it's the desire, tapping into the desire or your why. Why do you want to do this? Becoming dedicated to the effort, um, having the determination to work the hours or do what it is you have to do to pull it together. Devotion stands for the spiritual component and gratitude when you do have a win. Uh, You've done well on an exercise or something worked out well. Uh-huh. Um, dare to dream means live large and don't dream small. Dream big. The, dr- the bigger you dream, the, the, the more things you will achieve. Mm-hmm. And then even when the times get tough, the last seven is drive. You need that drive to just keep going. And you really pulling in all the seven Ds helps you to reach those goals and the desires that you have to create the life you want. Wow. I love that. That's just so, so, so remarkably simple. Yeah. All this is simple, but it's, you know, having that coach to keep an eye on you, Of course, you yeah. know, there's another just reminding, one. and I'm sure your clients really appreciate the fact that you're not only are you just direct, but, but you remind them how in control of their thinking they can be. That's right. They very much can be. So we do something else that's called capping, It's capping and correcting. So every time a negative thought comes up, and in the beginning, this will drive you crazy for a while. People there, you mean I got to think about what I think about. I'm there, yes. Uh (laughs) So every time- I hear it too. (laughs) Yeah, that inner thought comes up or you say something that's not nice or not kind to yourself or to others, you have to correct it. You know, like the example of the couple, it's like, well, wow, that sounded mean. This is nothing about you. I'm really sorry that came because I just walked in the door and had a bad day at work. Yeah. You know, so yeah. recognizing it, correcting, quick to forgive, quick to apologize. Uh-huh. Again, these are spiritual uh, concepts uh, yeah. because a lot of people don't know how to apologize and say they're Great. sorry. They think it's a lack of uh, self-esteem. It's just the opposite. Right. You know, it's so. you have to be, you, you just, I think the stronger and the better you get at practicing it, then the more you learn that these things can just literally move through you. And the quicker you can do that, the quicker you more, the more in control you can feel of your life. It's amazing how 
calm you. We have meditation that we do. We have all kinds of techniques that we do. It kind of depends on what the the person's uh, presenting issues are, you know, whether they're coming to me with, and then I kind of tailor, create their program for them based on all these techniques that I have. Um, But I remember doing an interview with my daughter and she goes, mom, I don't remember you yelling at me once. Like not one time. Yeah. So, you know, you don't really need to. You know how to express yourself. You know how to communicate your feelings. This is something when there was verbal abuse, you're not allowed to share your feelings as a kid. Right. Or you would have gotten right. screamed at. So that's like a scary thing for a lot of people. Um, so they're learning that, you know, tapping into their feelings and that their feelings are okay. And you have to respect other people's feelings right. as well. It's not really fact but feelings are real for the other person that possesses them. Of course, they can be extremely real. um, Yes. You know, because we just, we know how we feel. We can't deny it. Yes. And then the art of negotiation through that, you're two different people. You're supposed to have different opinions. That's certainly okay. You know, so having all these different attitudes around and then using the mindset to think before you do say or act there's one other one I'd like to teach your group and it's, sure. it, it's, it's like kind of stop because it involves the five fingers. It's a good memory tool. Yeah, sure. So before you do something, ask yourself these questions. One, will it hurt me in any way? Two, will it hurt the person I love? Three, will it hurt my children or my extended family? Four, will it hurt my reputation in the job or on the community? Five, if in doubt, go without. Go without doing it, saying it, writing it, and just think for a while. You know, will this be for the good of all? Which is another spiritual saying that we always have in our minds. Will this be the good or will it hurt someone? And if you're not sure, don't do it. So these little tips are simple, but you have enough of them. Yeah. You know, and uh, as we're working through the traumas and you're learning to be really a whole different type of person. And when it comes to fitness and and working out, you know, a lot of people, like I said, they're sabotaging themselves because the fear-based mindset or that high anxiety is taking over. And a good sign that people are still have unhealed childhood or love trauma is ongoing anxiety. or a triggering situation like COVID, and then it spirals your whole workout where you were doing great before, and you're just anxious and you just can't deal with it. Yeah. That's a clear sign that the traumas are still existing. Yeah. And I just, I think if if people today are really super honest with themselves, I think think we've all been feeling all the feelings in the last couple months. How could we not? Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, you're afraid for, you know, the people that you love to get hurt um, or die or to die alone yourself. I mean, there's a lot of fears that you can hang on to. Or, you know, again, you try to be proactive versus reactive. Right. Proactive is living in the light. Reactive is the dark uh, response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and you just try to keep moving forward in as positive way as you can. Yes. And it, and it's a and it's a daily commitment, you know. It's, it's nonstop, like twenty four. One of the things I like to talk about it, it's baby steps, but it's the baby steps you do every day. Yeah, uh, the, working with my people four to six months is great because by then it becomes a habit. 
Yeah. It's it, and they don't ever change, you yeah. know. And I talk to people now who have been married that I've worked with 10 years, 15 years of celebrating, you know, and it's fabulous to see from where they came from to what they're able to do in their lives right now. Yeah, it's I totally really agree wonderful. because I think of I think of anything that people are thinking, they may not verbally say it, I think, but I think a lot of people are thinking right now about just the finality of life, you know, that we get one life on this planet and it's, you know, we can either choose to make the most of it or we can just sit back and let it pass us by. Yeah. So you don't want to stay stuck in fear, you know, also people with unhealed trauma, they're afraid to risk. They're afraid to grow. So this is where it can impact you in business. You know, you go so far, then you stop. Yeah. Or it could be the difficult employee that's competing with everyone or the tyrant boss that's mean to everybody every day. Um, so it comes out in so many different ways and life, love, business, and then in health. Um, for your, your listeners, the Kaiser Permanente study is fabulous called the ACE study, which stands for Adverse Childhood Events. And they worked with over 17,000 adults and they bridged how unhealed childhood trauma leads to early disease and illnesses and yeah. chronic diseases like IBS and uh, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, fibromyalgia, diabetes. I mean, heart disease. We're saying yeah. all of this due to the, the raised cortisol, right. that fight or flight response never gets to relax. Yes, agree. So, yeah. And all of that spills over into your lifestyle. And, and Absolutely. Everything you just mentioned is related to lifestyle. And one of my platforms, of course, is you know, a sedentary lifestyle now is the number one preventable cause of death. And it's taught every single thing that you just mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's <laughs> someone out there is, is listening and they're really feeling like, wow, she really speaks my language. What in, and they're just looking for a place that they can begin today for themselves. What, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I invite everyone to take the childhood trauma checklist to see how many of the 10 that you have. So just go to my website, rihannamilm.com, and they go under quizzes, and there's four free love tests there. You should really take all four. Okay. Um, also, there's a free ebook that goes into this topic much deeper. So download that for yourself. And there is free chapters of live and love beyond your dreams and live beyond your dreams is from fear and doubt to personal power, purpose, and success. So that's all about the mindset for success. And then the love book is how to have emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious love and help you get out of any toxic uh, relationship situation. So I would advise you to do that. And I have, I think, 190 videos and tapes right now on my YouTube channel. Uh-huh. under Rihanna Milne, very educational. So okay. that should be helpful. And I have an app. So if you're out there walking, just download my free app, also called Lessons in Life and Love, like the podcast. Uh-huh. And it has the podcast on there and my YouTube channel. So you can walk okay. and either watch or listen. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So what, um, any parting thoughts then before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, live life large. We don't know how much time we have. So say yes to yourself more often. Feel less guilty. You know? Absolutely. You're uh, speaking my language. Yeah. Do what it takes to create that life you really desire and to have the love that you deserve. Don't wait. Outstanding. Very good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our chat. You're welcome, Allison. Thanks for having me. Yes, I hope it ma'am. was helpful. 
And so any of you out there listening that want to reach out to Rianne, her um, website and all of her information will be in my show notes. And like she said, you can reach her at her website. Um, and for any of you out there that still is not a member of my Facebook community, please head over and join me there at Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. And if you're not on Facebook, then please feel free to go to my website at cufitness.com and click contact us and send me a message. I always like to hear about what works, what doesn't work. I always want to hear about your wins and anything else that you like to share with me. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Thank you so much for all of your support. We are worldwide now with thousands of downloads. We're just about on every continent in the world. And I'm so grateful I couldn't do it without you. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. Oh,